0: to get there with you as quickly as I can, because I know that we've uh, spent a lot of time today, uh, but I want to get to the message today. You know, all week, I, I, I just, you know, I kept saying to God, you know, God, you know, Easter's coming up. I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware of that or not, and most pastors start preaching about things that are appropriate to the weeks leading up to Easter. And and I had in my mind things that I wanted to share with you. And and I may eventually get to that. Maybe God will release me this week. I don't know. But all this week, as I tried to to move a different direction, the Lord just kept pulling me back and pulling me back and pulling me back. Has God ever done that to you? As much as I tried to get away from what I preached last week, I just can't seem to get away from it. I've been asking God... For I don't know how many months now, God, we need a breakthrough. We need breakthrough not only in our church, but God, how can we expect to have breakthrough in our church if we don't have breakthrough in our homes and in our families? God, how can our church be impacted positively if there are people who are struggling with issues in their lives that they just can't seem to get breakthrough for? And so today, I I just go back to what I started last week when we talked about Daniel and how that he had that 21-day prayer meeting, you remember? Where he spent time with the Lord and he prayed and he was discouraged and he was frustrated and, and maybe even a little bit angry because God had made a promise, but he was not seeing the fulfillment of the promise. And God had to come to him and say, look, it's not my fault. My promise stands good this time and every time. But what I promised my people don't want. Because what God promised was is that after 70 years I will send my people back into the land that was theirs prior to the captivity. And they will recover everything that the enemy took back from them. And they will no longer be known as shopkeepers but they will return to the days of being sheep keepers. Because that's what I called them to do and that's what I intend for them to do. But the people of God weren't interested in the plan of God. And it just keeps bearing on my spirit today as we think, God, what are we going to do in this world that we live in? And God, how are we going to move through this circumstance and situation? And how, how Lord, is this breakthrough going to be affected in us? I, I just really felt like the Lord was saying to me this week. He said, "He said, Rob, you're just trying too hard. Now, I know that sounds silly to you. But you know, I, as, as, as the one who's been appointed to lead this congregation, I can see in my mind where we need to be. And I can see where your family needs to go to get breakthrough. But I have no ability to affect that. It has to happen in you. It has to happen in the Spirit as you connect with God and get the revelation that you need from Him. And so this week, I, I'm, I'm reading, I'm praying, I'm saying, okay, God, I, I, you know, I've tried this, I've done this, I've been faithful with this, I messed up there, but I asked the Lord, I asked you to forgive me and your grace was sufficient and we picked up and we, we moved on. I said, but you know, what is it that you want me to do at this point. And just as clearly as I could hear in my spirit. He said I really just want you to trust me. I, I really. I really want you. To stop telling me what to do. And I want you to just start trusting. Me. How easy it is church for us to figure out in our mind what we think God ought to be doing and how it ought to look in our lives and go into our prayer closet and start declaring things that we want that are not a part of God's plan for our life because it feels good to us it feels right to us and all the while God is just saying I have so much more for you If you could ever just learn to trust me as you're living out your faith. So today I want to talk to you for a few moments about that. I feel so strongly in my spirit that breakthrough is just around the corner. I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about for your marriages. talking about your families I'm talking about your jobs I'm talking about your kids I'm talking about addictions I'm talking about emotional distress that you've carried if nothing else I've come by to tell you today that if you'll just turn it all over to him and trust him in the process and let him lead you and guide you and direct you that your answer is on the way But you have to trust Him. Last week when we stopped and we quit, we stopped with this thought. Our, Our triumph was secured the second that our trust was transferred to Him. Let me say that again. Our triumph was secured the second that our trust was transferred to the Lord. But how many of us walked out of this service last week... And while we had transferred into the hands of the Lord, we took it back before we ever even got out the door. We sing that old song, I won't leave here like I came in Jesus' name. You know it. I don't know the rest of it, but I know that. And we sing it, we shout, we release, we dance, we break the chains. And as we're walking out the door, we say, oh, wait a minute. i got to go back and get my baggage so that I can take it back home with me. Because we're not learning how to trust the Lord. So this week, I want to talk to you about this thought. Faith plus trust plus commitment equals contentment. Let me say it again. Faith plus trust plus commitment equals contentment. All week I've been putting myself in the shoes of Daniel who had, been, who had lived out the captivity. He had been taken captive just like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego had been placed in the king's palace to do what the king told him to do. And all of his life had been spent in captivity and he wanted to be free. And God had said after 70 years my people will be free. But the timeline when he prayed for 21 days is that he was 72 years into the promise that God had made for his people. And two years he had lived without the breakthrough that God had promised. And he was discouraged, he was frustrated, he was on his face before God. The scripture says he wouldn't eat the king's delicacies, he would not drink the king's wine, he would not take a bath. I mean he wouldn't even clean himself up because he was in such a state of mind and mourning because the promises of God had not been fulfilled in his life. And so he prays, and he begins to fast and pray and seek God. And 21 days in, the angel breaks through the heavenlies and come to where, comes to where Daniel is, and he says, because the Lord loves you so much, he sent me to give you the answer today. And the angel came, and he gave him a piece of information. That's all he gave him. He said, here's what you need to know. Number one, God is going to be faithful to his promise. But number two, it's not going to happen in your lifetime. You won't see it. And not only will you not see it, some of it will not be fulfilled for many years down the road. And some of it will not be fulfilled until the very end of time when the the, the Savior, Jesus Christ, comes back again. I don't know about you but when I ask God to do something for me I want him to do it now I do I went to the drive through the other day Taco Bell I must have been out of my mind to go to Taco Bell in the first place but I was in a hurry and I prayed that God would sanctify the mincemeat that was in that taco and, and help me to continue to be faithful but I, I drove up to the little screen there and they said hello sir how's your day I said I'm doing great they said you can order when you're ready I said I'm ready and I ordered And about 30 seconds later she came back and she said you can order when you're ready I said I'm ready and I ordered and about 15 seconds later she came back and she said sir you can order when you're ready I said ma'am I was ready five minutes ago Are you listening? This is what I want. Because I'm not a very patient person. Now you are. That's your spiritual gift, isn't it? But I'm not very patient. And I wanted to say, if you'll listen very carefully, I will tell you yet again what it is that I want. But I had visions of her throwing the taco meat on the floor and stepping in it. And, and, and so I very nicely gave her my order again. And I, gave, I got what I ordered, but it was not in the time that I wanted it. And so many times God comes to us and he gives us the answer, but it is not what we want it to be. Can you say Amen. And God came through the angel to Daniel and said, here's the answer. And he said something that has always blown my mind. He said, he said, from the instant, from the moment that you set your mind to understand the situation, God sent the answer. From the very second that you set your mind to To understand the answer gate. That's the problem with some of us today. I haven't even gotten to the scripture I'm going to preach today. I'm just freelancing it today. I don't know where I'm going to wind up today. I may wind up out in the parking lot looking for a new job, but I'm just going with the flow today. That's the problem with some of us. Is we can't get on the same page with God because what we want from Him is a manifestation, and what God wants us to have is knowledge that's the reason all throughout scripture it says with all of your getting get wisdom with all of your getting get knowledge with all of your energy with all of your power with all of your resources somehow find a way to transfer the word of God into your spirit so that you can be prepared ready for the battle when the enemy comes your way you can say listen devil I want you to know what the word of The Lord has to say about this situation, I am not backing down. But see, we're so stubborn with God. We want what we want. And we want it when we want it. And we want it how we want it. And God just wants to give us a word. Now, we're okay with it if that word comes through Rob Parsley. And we're okay with it if it comes through T.D. Jakes. And we're okay with it if Marilyn Hickey says it. Some of you don't even know who Marilyn Hickey is. It's okay if one of the big boys says it. But what if God just whispers it in your ear when when you're in the drive-thru at Taco Bell? What if that's the way he... Gives you the information. What if that's the way he brings you the knowledge that you need? We're not okay with that because we want we want to spit and slap and slobber and roll and run the backs of the pews and we want to be able to say, I remember back in the day when Brother T.L. Lowry spit all over me. By the way, they laid that man to rest this week. They had four different funerals in four different locations because of the impact that he had on the church. World, Thank God for men like T.L. Lowry and women like Marilyn Hickey and preachers like T.D. Jakes and preachers like Rod Parsley. But what I'm trying to tell you today is, is that God has more authority than all of them and he knows what you need and when you need it and how you need it. And the angel comes to Daniel and he says, here's your answer. The answer was on the way from the very first day that you set your mind to understand. But there's been, there's been warfare in the heavenlies that I had to break through. Warfare that we had to fight through to bring you the answer. And when he brings in the answer, all he got was a lollipop. All he got was a piece of knowledge and a promise that you're not going to see it in your lifetime. You're not going to see it all fulfilled next year. And you're not going to see it in this lifetime until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. So now here Daniel is. He has to process this information. He has to either get mad or get frustrated or upset or he has to dig deep to the faith That was established in his life. Many years before. And allow that faith to have it's place. In this circumstance. Faith plus trust. Plus commitment. Equals contentment. Lord I'm still on the introduction. So what is faith? What is faith? Well we know the old scriptural standard. But. For, for our thinking today, let me tell you what faith is. Faith is an inner conviction about what is believed to be true. It happens inside of you. It, it, it can't be received with somebody smacking you in the head and laying hands on you. It is what God births in your spirit. And you grab hold of it and you say... I don't know how, but I believe that's true. I, I I can't I can't wrap my mind around that, but somehow my spirit says that is true. And then you'll find yourself going to the word of God, and, and you'll discover a passage of scripture that confirms it, and you'll say, Aha, there it is. I knew it was true. It was in my spirit, faith. Now, how does faith come to us? There are several ways faith comes. Number one, Scripture says that God assigns it to us. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, For for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned you. God gave you a cup of faith. He gave you a pint of faith. He gave you a whole tub full of faith. He gave you a bathtub full of faith. He gave you just a thimble of faith. That's really what it's saying here. God assigned to you a measure of faith that he knew you would need to get you started in this journey with him. And because he knows you. Did you hear what I said earlier today? That before that baby was conceived in her mother's womb. God knew that child. And, and knew the child's name and everything about it. Before conception. Don't tell me that abortion is not murder. Abortion is Denying that child the opportunity to fulfill the assignment of faith that God has placed upon their life. If you don't like that, just get mad at me. I can't help it. God is the giver and the taker of life. It is not we can, but we will give. We will be held accountable. We will be held accountable. So God assigns, he knows what kind of faith that you're going to need to be successful. He knows that your journey is different than your journey. And your journey is different from your journey. And your journey is different. Yeah, but I want the same thing. I want the exact same thing. It's like going to the restaurant with my wife. We sit down and she says, what are you getting? And I usually say, it's none of your business. Because I know that when I give my order, she's just going to close her menu and say, I'll have the same thing. I don't even know why they give her a menu. She does not need it. She just needs me to order. And then it's all good. You know what I'm saying? See, God gives a measure or an assignment of faith based on our journey. And then he also brings faith to us through his word this scripture says in Romans 10 verse 17 faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord you don't need my opinion you don't need me to politicize you don't need me to tell you how to live you don't need me to tell you how to walk and how to think and how to talk what you need is the word of God penetrating your spirit so that when you have to make a decision in life you will be be prepared to give the word of the living God and to give it by faith. You don't have to back up. You don't have to say, Well, I hate it, man. I don't want to say it. I, I hope this doesn't offend you. I hope you don't get upset. But listen, if it's the word of God, you stand up and you square your shoulders and you say, Thus saith the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And it will bring faith. Will. He gives faith as gifts to us. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. His divine power has granted or gifted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Through the what knowledge? through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Lay your hands on yourself and say, I am filled with the divine nature of Christ because he has gifted it to me. Amen so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours, and are increasing then they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge in the what? in the knowledge in the what? in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins therefore brothers Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never, never, never fall. And here's the problem. We got people in this room right here today listening to me. Now listen, before I say anything else, I love you. They say, always run when you hear a pastor say, I love you. And I'm only going to say what I'm going to say because if you'll listen to it and hear it, it'll help you. And some of the reason that some of you can't be successful, you've never made up your mind yet what you believe. You've run here and there and everywhere trying to discover what you believe and you can't get it in your spirit listen it's already in your spirit God assigned to you a measure of faith and if you'll do what this passage of scripture I just read if you'll do that if you'll supplement your faith uh, if you will take those things uh, and put them in your spirit and allow them connect with what God assigns you with you will gradually grow into a powerhouse of faith that is good for every circumstance you will ever face, uh, you'll never falter you'll never fail you'll never give up uh, because the spirit of the living God is in you and fills you with faith and you are more than adequate for the job yes, you, faith after faith you gotta learn how to trust trust is the outward expression of the inner conviction. You tell me you believe, I ought to be able to see some evidence in your life that you are trusting what you say you believe. Because if you say you believe something but you never have any life transformation, then you are not expressing outwardly what you say you believe inwardly. So if you are an individual of faith, you ought to be looking more and more like Jesus every day that you live. I'm not trying to make anybody mad today. I mean, we can't live like the world and then say, I trust God. I'm a Christian, you know, really? Well, don't even get me on politics today. God help me. Jesus, help me now not even to think like that anymore. Listen, God hasn't called me to judge those who are not in Christ. I am not to judge those who are outside of the body of Christ. But I can look at those inside the body of Christ starting with myself and judge whether or not I am where I need to be in Him. And if I am not where I need to be in Him, I have the authority through Jesus Christ to make the necessary changes so that my life will line up with His work. So what does trust look like? Well, thank you for asking. Now go to the passage of scripture I gave you in Proverbs. Look at verse 1 and you will discover that trust looks like obedience. Verse 1 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. He said, don't forget what I said to you and what I taught you Let your heart. The Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly this week about that passage of Scripture. He said there's a problem for a lot of people right now. They think because they know how to be religious that their heart's right. Or they go to church and they know all the right things. I know you get around a bunch of Pentecostal people and you say a word like Shekinah. And me. we had the Shekinah glory of God in the house today. You did not. You didn't. What we experience is not the Shekinah glory of God. We know how to say all these things and speak all these things because we have learned how to be religious. But God is not interested with your religious activity. He's looking for a people who have been called by His name and who are walking and talking according to the Spirit of God that is within them. Don't tell me you're saved and that you're a Christian if you're not going to do what the Word of God says. God help me please. I've been here five and a half years and I'm getting a little too big for my britches now. I'm starting to say things that I wouldn't have said three years ago. I don't know. I just got a real good, I don't give a rip attitude on me today. Amen. Don't come up and tell me that you're serving the Lord and yet you won't do one thing that the Word of God says that you should be doing to display the fruit of the Spirit in your lives. Obedience. Obedience faithfulness verse 3 let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you bind it around your neck write them on the tablet of your heart I wasn't going to do this but I'm going to do it anyhow grab up your bibles this is not on the screen it, it won't be there go to revelation chapter 3 Revelation chapter 3. You there? You ready for me to go? Here we go. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. You have the reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it. Repent. And if you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at one hour that I will come against you. Thank God for verse 4. Yet. What does that mean? It means page is about ready to turn. We're going to take on a new thought. Amen. Here it is. Yet, yet you have still a few names in Sardis. People who have not soiled their garments. And they will walk with me. For they are worthy. Chew on that for a minute. He's talking to the church. He said I know your works. And I know know you have a reputation that is stellar. People think about you and your church. And they said what an amazing church. What a great group of people. He said, I know that's what they're saying about you. But listen, I'm telling you in the spirit what I know in the spirit is not matching up with what I'm seeing in the flesh. Because people are bragging on you and they're talking about how great you are and talking about your reputation. Are you ready? Do you have your seatbelt on? If you don't, I highly recommend that you reach over and grab it and plug it in right now. Because I'm I'm about to get real real. Listen, I go all over this state and I go to camp meeting and I go to prayer conference and when I walk in the room other pastors come up to me and they say, I just want you to know how proud that we are of you and that church over there in Oklahoma. Because they said they'd never make it. They said they'd die. They said that their time was over. They said that God was finished with them. But praise God, the church survived. Listen, listen, I don't want to survive. I want to thrive and carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to our community. Oh, hallelujah. I am not satisfied to sit around and drink my little latte and thank God for all that he's done in the past. I am grateful. I am thankful. But I don't want to get stuck in the has-been. I want to be freed to the will-be. Amen. Because God has a great plan in store for us. But it starts out there in the pew. It starts right there in your heart where you start saying, Oh God, stir me up, God. Stir me up on Sunday night. Stir me up on Monday. Stir me up on Tuesday and stir me up on Wednesday and stir me up on Thursday and stir me up on Friday and Saturday. And God, help me to understand that this life I live, there's no difference between the secular and the spiritual. I'm not your child just on Sundays, but I am your child full of your spirit and power every second of every moment of every day of every week until the day that I die. And here you declare, well done. I've been around the church all my life. And what I'm going to say, I don't say it to be bragging. I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it that way at all. But I do think that after having been around the church as much as I've been around the church. I think I have a pretty good grasp on people. And I can tell you pretty quick who the shiny ones are. And I can tell you pretty quick who the faithful ones are. There are some people, all they want to be is a shiny Christian. They're fine as long as they're getting the attention. They're fine as long as everything's going their way. They're fine as long as they're comfortable. Where's Judy? Judy here? Judy Farrell in the house? She told me this morning, she told me last week, she said, go on the website and look at the pictures of what Sheila and I have been doing. She said, listen, she said, I'm not wanting credit I don't, want, I don't want people to come pat me on the back. This is not about me. But she said it's about being faithful to what God has asked me to do. Yes. And they've been packing their trunk up with clothes for the homeless and purses and hygiene products. Listen, they didn't ask me if they could do that. They didn't come and say, will you put it in your bulletin so that everybody will know that we're doing this? They just said, God called us to do this God asked us to do this we can't not do this like the prophet said I made up my mind I wasn't going to preach another word as long as I was alive but there was a fire that was shut up inside my bones and I could not keep quiet I can't not do this I can't not do it And Judy said to me this morning, she said, I've never done this before. And she said, it's an uncomfortable place for me to be because it is so far outside of my comfort zone. Thank God that there are still a few people who are willing to cross the line for the sake of the gospel. God is not interested in having a bunch of shiny little churches with a bunch of shiny little people. He's looking for a people who will get dirty for the sake of the kingdom of God. And to share the good news that Jesus Christ is alive and well. Yes, he came. Yes, he lived. Yes, he died. He was crucified. They put him in a tomb. They said, we're done with him. He'll never cause us any problems again. But on the third day, the stone was rolled away. And Jesus came out victorious. He's alive and well. He didn't just get lost somewhere. I know exactly where he is. Did you ever hear anybody say, I lost my loved one this week. I've never lost anybody. Amen. I know exactly where they are. The scripture says that he was transfigured up into the heavenlies and taken up into glory where he sat down at the right hand of the Father where he ever lives to make intercession for the saints of God. Hallelujah. I didn't lose him. I know exactly where he is. Obedience, it looks like faithfulness. It looks like worship. Notice verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. What is that? worship I've already messed my reputation up with you so I might as well go a little further I don't know how many times I've wanted to look at people and come to me and say will you pray that God will bless me financially financially And you know what I want to say? It ain't gonna happen for you. I love you. But you're carrying around cursed money in your pocket. Everything you got in your pocket's cursed. So why? Because you're robbing God you're not paying tithe I knew you'd eventually get to that yep I'm there might just stay there for a few minutes because if you won't break through you're going to have to start giving to God what he requires which is the tithe and the first fruits of your produce And if you don't give that to him, it's already his anyway. The scripture says he'll take it away from those who are being unfruitful and give it to those who are being fruitful. Now you're just being mean. No, now I'm just being truthful. I'm just telling you God wants to bless you. He wants to pour his blessing out upon you. But he cannot do it until you're willing to trust him is it a matter of trust well if he tells you to do it and you weigh it out should I or shouldn't I and you do it then you're saying I trust you it don't make any sense to me how I can live on 90% better than I can 100 but it's not my idea and my plan but I'm going to do it anyway because I trust you but on the other hand I'm not real sure I believe that I just keep it and see what I can do with it if you don't mind. Well, you just knock yourself right out. But let me tell you that you're never going to experience the full blessings of God in your life until you learn how to trust him. I'm on solid ground today because I'm preaching the word of God. I am not giving you a man's opinion. I am telling you that the Bible says in chapter 3 of Proverbs, verse 9, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth. And we're the first fruits of your produce. You think I ought to quit? Well, you better come on up here because I'm. I'm feeling it. Trust looks like obedience, trust looks like faithfulness, trust looks like worship, trust looks like submission. Verse 5 and 7, do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. Still talking about trust. Faith. Plus trust. Plus commitment. Equals what? Contentment. And when you arrive there. In a state of contentment. Then nothing else matters. No manifestation matters at that point. Because you've determined that I am content to trust him. Think about all the individuals in Scripture who messed up because they walked out of contentment. God said to Abram, If you'll follow me, I'll take you someplace you've never been before. And Abram started walking by faith, but then he got discontent and he got afraid. And he said, they're going to look at my wife and they're going to say she's so beautiful they're going to kill me and take her. So I better, I better take matters into my own hand. No, stay in your contentment. Stay in your contentment. Moses killed an Egyptian because he became discontent. Lot chose Sodom over the blessings of Abraham because he became discontent. The Israelites, all they had to do was walk outside of their house and pick up manna and put it in their mouth. And one day they caught themselves saying, we loathe this light bread. We hate it. We know it's a blessing from God. We know it's what God has for us right now. But we hate the very thing that God has provided to bring rest and contentment to our lives. Samson walked dangerously into the arms of Delilah because he was discontent David became discontent and looked out across the way and saw on the balcony a lady by Bathsheba taking a bath and because of his discontent he changed the course of his legacy. I'm telling you the Bible is full of individuals who messed up when they set aside their contentment resting in the ways of the Lord but there were also a lot of people who stayed in their contentment think about Daniel Daniel said I don't care if you do lock me up I don't care what you do to me my faith says that the God of Israel is the only true God and I believe that so much that I'm going to trust him even when I cannot see his hand at work in my life I'm not going to worship your God. I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to be the man that you think I ought to be according to your belief system. I have given my life for this faith uh, in the God of Israel and if you've got to throw me to the lion's den then go ahead and throw me in because I ain't afraid of no lion. One preacher preached and he said it wasn't a lion's den It was a den of lions. How many of you know there's a difference? It wasn't just a lion's den that smelled like lions. They used to have lions uh, where they used to keep lions, uh, where they used to feed lions. No, when they put Daniel in the lion's den, uh, he was in a den of lions, but he didn't care. He said, whatever happens, I don't care because I'm standing in faith what I know is true. And it will be manifest in my my trust. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't like that song, King. It's not in my spirit. I'm not going to sing that. I don't care what you do. You can do anything you want to do to me. It does not matter. We are not going to bow to your God. It's just not going to happen. Oh, boys, you need to rethink this. We're going to give you one more shot at this. And then if you don't bow down, we're going to throw you in the furnace of fire and we're going to crank that baby up seven times hotter than it's ever been before and they said do whatever you've got to do because our God is able to save us and keep us from the fiery furnace but if not we're still not going to bow contentment contentment Paul said God the messenger of Satan is wearing me out He is wearing me slap out. Will you remove this thorn in the flesh from me? He prayed at once. few days later he prayed again, God this messenger from hell is messing with me will you remove him from influencing me and God said no and a third time Paul said I need for this thorn in the flesh to go and God said I will not remove the thorn but I tell you what I will do, I'm going to give you the power and the authority and the grace that will be sufficient for you to own Overcome the enemy of your soul. My grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to say one more thing, then I quit. I promise. Some of you are so nervous your muscles are so tight right now you just know I'm going to be like an old time T.L. Lowry and start calling you out and throwing you in the floor and all that nope haven't felt that way yet although I'm getting awfully close to it the scripture says be anxious for nothing be anxious for how much be anxious for your finances. Be anxious for your family. Be anxious for your your body. Be be anxious about that job interview. Be be anxious because your shirt was your sleeve was a little bit high yesterday, wasn't I saw that. Just want you to know. Be anxious about that. Be anxious. No, God says be anxious for nothing. But in everything, how much? Everything. How much? Everything. How much? Everything. How much is everything? It's everything. It's all. It's every detail of your life. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, let your request be known unto the Lord. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. but that is not what I'm talking about. Because peace is different from contentment. Because with contentment, you have to swap something in order to obtain the promise of God. Because I have what I want. I have what I want. But God doesn't want me to have it. I know what I want, Kate. But God doesn't want me to have that because it's not in my best interest. So God says, I'm not going to give you that. 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 You that. You that. You that. You that. Not going to give it to you because it's not what's best for you. I have a better plan. And if you will accept my plan, eventually it will work out much better for you than if you get what you think you want at the time that you think you want it. So Daniel said, "I don't want to go in the den of lions." And God said, "Too bad. Go on in there. I'm going to protect you. And your testimony is not only going to be valid for your lifetime, but hundreds of thousands of years from now, people are going to be talking about a man named Daniel who was content to sit in a jail cell with lions all around him. We're not going to bow." Shadrach, Meshach, and go, King, listen to me. We're not going to bow because our God is able to keep us from the fiery furnace. But God said, ain't going to happen that way. You're going to go in because I need for something to take place that will bring glory to my name in a way that you'll not understand until after it happens. So you go on in there, boys, and just know that when you're in there, I'm going to deliver you not from it, but in it. Amen. And the king looked in and he saw and he said, did not we throw three in the fiery furnace? And they said, oh yes, king three. He said, why is it that it looks like there's four in there and one Looks like the very Son of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you just go ahead and hold out. Just hold out. Just be your stubborn self. And hold out. Say, God, if you'll do it my way, then I'll take it. If you don't do it my way, I ain't going to have it. You just be your old stubborn self. And walk in the shortness of supply in your life. Or you can give it up and say, God, I want what you have for me. And I'm going to be content in the middle of it. alright I gotta quit they're frying chicken right now for the Baptist let me tell you